Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Going to look at the Grant Morrison, Frank Quitely Vertigo series We Three, featuring uh, animals attacking. Before we do this, want to call out the Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July event coming up the last Saturday of July. We are asking all of our audience out there to pull out their doubles, their comps, their extra comics, and put them into their local lending libraries, those little neighborhood libraries that I think are all over the place. I know there's a bunch of them all around Pittsburgh. We're going to populate those little libraries with some of our best comics. We know there are a lot of makers in our audience, so pull out those comps, pull out those doubles, and uh, let's put some comic books in front of a place we know readers go to in those local lending libraries. And we also recommend put a little note in each of those comics where people can find more comics in your local area, whether that's a bookstore, a comic book store, a library, wherever you find comics in your region, make it easy for these readers to find more comics if they enjoy the samples that you leave them. We also ask everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon, that's a notification button. It'll let you know when we post a new video. This will give you a leg up on the kayfabe effect. If you see a comic on our show that you wanna to add to your collection, you wanna be the first one looking for that book. So hit that notification button and uh, you'll be the first one going to eBay, Amazon, your local shop, and hopefully getting it before it's sold out or before the prices soar through the roof. And finally, let our videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share our videos with other comic fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's how we grow this channel. We appreciate your help on that. And now, Ed, time to get down to business. <laughs> this is one of those comics that uh, when when I heard about it, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I'm going to spend my time reading that. What are you saying, man? Uh, it made me think about, uh, you take a look at like top 10 lists of, of Japanese film. It's always Kurosawa or that other guy, Ozu, something like that, and there's this movie, Tampopo, and and the review would always start off with a little preamble message, like, you gotta hear us out, just watch the movie, trust us, because Tampopo is about a lady who's trying to create, like, the world's best noodle shop, you know, and it sounds like nothing, but you watch it, it's the storytelling of it, and the way that the film is constructed draws you in and it's so riveting and I, it's a flick I recommend to everybody uh, that that's we three you can't you can't explain it easy and uh, not start making people almost even roll their eyes in a way yeah you're right I, I that, that's a good analogy because that's kind of my takeaway too like I was reading through this again this week and thinking Morrison just like set this up for quietly like he they, they must have worked with quietly and came away going what can how can I challenge quietly how can I use quietly skills to their maximum because there are sequences in here that to me it's this is the quietly victory tour or something <laughs> uh, and, and we'll get into those as we start going through this page by page but that's what popped out to me too it's the story is fine it's it's okay I, I can't imagine it in the hands of any other artist oh, like to goodness. me this is a, a quietly showcase absolutely man uh, and the another noteworthy piece of it is just the economy of it you know, like, not one wasted word, not one wasted panel, though I must say there are sequences that uh, beg very, very close reading because you have to read it from the point of view of something that ain't human. Right, yeah. It's it's an interesting point. It's also a three-issue miniseries, which we've looked at a few different Quitely kind of runs, and I feel like he's done that on different books. Yeah. New X-Men... Uh, that Batman and Robin series. It's, it's so it's it might what, be a good length. It's what you do, man. Like you, it's stunt casting the series. This is this is a complete story of yes. in, in three issues, uh, 
but that other stuff obviously it's stunt casting to puff up those numbers so that you your diminishing returns on issue four are still pretty high uh the graphic design of these covers we just can't we just can't dash over that man first off this is full color frank quietly which is something that you really didn't get much of. i mean we still don't get very much much of it but to see it it's so distinct it's clearly uh quietly's full hand um one of the pieces in this in this book that doesn't always um jive with my sensibility is is the color there's a lot of muddy color where, where black is definitely mixed in with the cmyk uh you don't see any of that in these quietly paintings uh, i'm sure it's not easy to do but in my fantasy world in some string theory alternate reality quietly paints the whole thing uh but even stuff i mean the guy has tremendous technique you can feel the texture of that exact beanbag or that like plastic carpet thing that is in everybody's grandma's house <laughs> like if he like he he captures that stuff really well and it has shades of of otomo's illustration work in kaba uh to me in terms of palette and execution with like the sepia lines for the holding lines on the characters and stuff like that there's a lot of uh technique that i glean from you know that, that's damn near the color of the hippo on kaba yeah, it's an interesting comparison too. This is also uh, one of his early pencils, you know, straight straight reproduction from pencil. You have Jamie Grant on coloring and digital inking, and I'm always unsure what digital inking stands for. I think it's pretty much cleaning up levels. Bump up the levels. Yeah, pretty much, uh, and, and maybe doing a little bit of cleanup here and there, but you can see if you look closely at the line work that this is a reproduction from pencils. So early, uh, you know, his early transition from ink lines to pencil lines here. I was just talking to uh, to Jeff Darrow, and he received uh, his variant cover that he drew for, uh, that, that quietly drew for Shaolin Cowboy. He sent it to uh, to Jeff, and, and Jeff said, like, the pencil line, it's so delicate. It's so thin and delicate. Yeah, still a little heavy here. I feel like that delicate piece is something that he's evolved into. Yeah, sure, like, like that Batman Robin that we were looking at. Mm -hmm. um, but this can also be... A consequence of that quote-unquote digital inking yeah it's possible this sequence always stood out to me I bought this off the shelf I think it's about 2004 is whenever it started you know what one more note on the covers October 2004 December 2004 March 2005 kind of surprising that they wouldn't have the this three issues you think you'd have it in a can and come out monthly yeah yeah I think it's like gotta pay this guy man I yeah. guess so but I, I always thought this running sequence was really impressive just because drawing these kind of trainers no fun and yeah. then doing it from different angles pretty pretty wild from a drawing standpoint i think it's one of those interesting things when you're ta tasked with it when it's like uh you know draw a bunch of nonsense and and you gotta draw like a vhs tape and you have an idea in mind what a vhs tape is but then when you grab one to, for reference and you look at all the curves and the nuance it's like man you can't draw that out of your head there's a lot of uh perspectives where you're I guess in the animals point of view yeah as we so can you, suggest you know, you, here you can kind of see it in different places and it'll get a little bit, bit even more subjective as we go on but there's some kind of I don't know a terrorist house of some sort headquarters and we're just seeing these little red dots almost like predators showing up and kind of surveilling these these terrorists and they start to see these red dots as well very much shades of predator i like like the guns and grenades just laying around on the floor <laughs> not sure if that's how it works or not but maybe it does in canon films yes that's true and there's a lot of that in here uh a lot of that sort of 
energy. Fun story. There's a lot of fun storytelling, but I like how we don't really see what these things are. You just see like little glimpses of them out of the corner of your eye, little little shadows of them. Good, good. Some shapes. Good part to uh, to talk about. Um, in I think it's the end of this issue. Quietly talks a little bit about the uh, construction of of the the comic, and he and Grant Morrison would, would physically get together and start to come up with some of the designs and things like that. And and one of his ideas was, um, you know, he wanted all of these mecha things to work with the anatomy of the characters of the animals um but one of the concepts was uh, a flea design for for their costumes yeah wow. like a little blood-sucking flea that's, that's bizarre yeah yeah very thoughtful in that part the mech designs called to mind you mentioned Atomo for those covers there's a lot of manga-esque elements to the, to the way this story is even told i think i think so yeah yeah certainly uh, the way it opens up and and all of this the silent stuff is more evocative of a manga pace than what we get in traditional american comics yeah you see this guy who had been on the <laughs> treadmill being alarmed by something and just opening fire on this door shell casings falling on the floor and uh, no body on the other side of that door, so we're just confused. What's Dra going on? Draws a good hot dog on the back of that fat neck. <laughs> draws a few of those back back of this guy's neck, and here we go. The the bullets just tearing this guy apart. Um, you know, speaking of of Jeff Darrow, I feel like he'd be proud of this image. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, perhaps if Brian Talbot drew this, every, all the bullets would not be overlapping. <laughs> uh, but also. You know, what's the division of labor and what does the original art of this look like? Uh, doing the blurs, I imagine, would be much easier to do if the bullets were on it, their own layer. So is there a pencil layer of full gore and then a pencil layer of bullets? That's just one of those te technical things that I'm curious about because I just don't... It would be more time-consuming to go in and, like, trap these bullets um, on a single piece of paper, I feel like. Wow. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Now now I need to see the artist's edition for Wii 3. Yeah, yeah, sure, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Answer some questions. The details, though, like, once you get past that field of bullets that are clearly in the foreground to massive effect and start looking at the pieces that you can see, like intestines are blowing out. Yeah. The bullets are clearly concentrated on his head and body, so that part is see-through like he's just been destroyed in the middle but there are all these other pieces where it's like this the bullets are coming through a calf or tearing through a bicep just these small little pieces and the blood squirting out of those uh exit there's exit a wounds. there's a center of impact and uh quietly is a master visual storyteller and with something like this there's a lot going on and it's confusing to start but as soon as you see that you know the deal so, you know, he knows that you got to include that part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something that uh, good cartoonists, uh, probably cinematographers too, you have to figure out those important compositional pieces to not obliterate with either bullets or just holes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, give us and, a reading, an entry point into this. And it's salesmanship. Like, you, you turn the face to, to, the, to the viewer. Looking at this makes me wonder if there was even a third layer that they opted not to use, which would be like a ground plane a base something it's so good it's, that they didn't it, i agree with you but it's kind of odd too that it's on this white background oh, it's, it, it really like it, i mean it just sells the heat of that muzzle fire like you know feels like it's all encompassing this guy's this guy's going to to a, a place of uh of white yeah it's gonna be a closed casket for him i think so <laughs> And then from that dramatic two-page spread to the aftermath, right? There's a shoe left 
where that guy had been. Oh, and there's that piece of ankle in that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit of form. I love the reflections too. Like the staircase is reflecting in the blood pool on the ground. Yeah. That's amazing. And then like the hint of animal tracks walking out of that thing. Really good details. You know, like bloody animal footprints. Of course, makes yeah. total sense in the story, but also, do you think of that? Like, right. that's, that's smart and, stuff. And, and, and that's the other thing, too, like, in order to fully understand, and I guess there's no requirement to do so, but, like, wh whose part is that? Like, is that right. something that Morrison called out? And just from an academic, like, sc scholarly approach, like, I am curious, but comics, especially collaborative ones, it should be greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, and you mentioned those guys, th those two getting together to discuss the story. You can almost imagine talking through this, right? It's a safe house, or it's a terrorist house that's just been decimated, and this is now the aftermath. Uh, you can imagine almost brainstorming some of these shots and what would be in the aftermath, right? Bodies everywhere, mayhem, body parts, and you see it. It's, it's kind of subtle after that two-page spread that's not subtle at all. This aftermath is super quiet continues that wordless sequence. I was surprised by that. I didn't remember this big opening wordless sequence. So rereading it, that was that's always fun to me, especially if it works. And, and really the aftermath now, just uh, burning that place to the ground. <laughs> I realized now what these things remind me of, these like little fiber optic things. And there was absolutely a period of uh, remote control cars in the 80s that would have just like those plastic little things with like little LED, not even LEDs, whatever it was. You could, you know, you know how like you would get them at Kennywood. It would be the flashlight and it would have the little mm -hmm. plastic right. noodles on it with the like light tips. They they had that technology in some remote control cars, and that's what that stuff is like. So that implies, I mean, we we see the scenes of like the Xbox controller um, handling those things, which I think also calls uh, to mind the there was like some expose or it was just commonly known somehow or in urban legend that the, like the first round drones mm -hmm. were uh were operated with the the baby seal beater xbox controller mach one yeah I which remember. is it just and what does that imply a bunch of fucking video game nerds killing people far away this is a nice page for color I like the interior of the truck really standing out. And also, um, we're going to get good glimpses of these animals, but how much drawing must Quietly have done to kind of figure out the mechanics of the animal? Like, we're seeing the underside of their feet, and you can see, like, accented claws as part of the feature of the mech design. Not something I would want to see in a script and have to try to figure out. There's 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 weird humor in here, too, when it comes to those uh, costume designs, which we will get into at the very end. Yeah, there definitely is. Uh, pretty simple, straight, straight storytelling here. Just cutting open the newspapers, you see, uh, I guess, a leader here assassinated. Some kind of, uh, I don't know, opposition leader assassinated. The pet supply truck going by in the background. Kind of a fun, formal element of, I guess, discussing the headlines, right? The big news item. Just draw a word balloon around that newspaper. Pretty good technique for a, uh, a wordless sequence. And we follow the pet supply truck, and now we're inside with the cutaway, and you see the animal operators, and then the people behind them. <laughs> this is that like Jim Lee touch, like when you see the Danger Room Mach One and stuff. And I guess yeah, like in this in a small footprint, like at elevate some dudes. 
but that looks extra expensive. Yeah, I was looking at that and trying to figure out, like, do those lower and you sit down and then they ri rise up? And I don't know. It's just that cool visual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, go with it. Love this guy leaning against, you know, like the back door. Yes. That's, that's uh, to me, that's quietly is being able to do that kind of body language, posture, 3D. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's, there's um, other good examples of Otomo doing doing that. Uh, where you see that that impression um, of you know the the back like touching touching the wall, quietly does it in other places. I think it's like hand opening a door and you see like a little circle flat circles of the skin mm -hmm. getting flattened on glass. And like I've absolutely have stolen that in Red Room One. There's like a descending elevator and it's a cutaway and some dude is like leaning his back against the thing. You just draw that little circle and it. Everybody knows what that means. Love this too. Super extreme close-up element in the foreground as the gate is closing behind this pet supply going into the military base. But I, I just love that kind of like creating depth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also panel transitions. You know, like clearly here we are. You can imagine the cinematic version of that pulling out slowly. And now we get a, start to get a good look at uh, who were our assassins. Take those helmets <laughs> off and let's see these these creatures. And it's obviously the uh, the characters from the covers. Yes. The missing pets. You know, these were just abducted and uh, put to work. Kind of a strange choice from a, a practical standpoint. Yeah. You know, there are yeah. animal shelters full of animals. Like, just, just go outside my house right now, man. You're going to find a bunch of rabbits running around. We don't have outside cats. Okay. So these rabbits in this neighborhood have no uh, no predators. That's my neighborhood, like I've been there 15 years, and it ebbs and flows. If there's an outside cat, there aren't rabbits. <laughs> and if there isn't an outside cat, the population takes off. Yeah. But, th but that never comes into play anyhow. Like, it's just a cool cover, uh, thoughtful cover design, really. Yeah, Grant Morrison famously an animal lover, so I think that's probably tugging at some heartstrings by doing this sort of a cover. You know, I think anybody that's had a pet at least has the fear of losing that pet. Absolutely, and man. So, the worst. Uh, you can relate to that kind of flyer. Those show up now and then, too. In my neighborhood, you'll see them on a telephone pole and stuff. So I think that's a common thing and, and kind of a lead-in into this series. Pretty pretty accessible lead-in. But, man, pity the person who thinks this is an animal, a happy animal story, and picks up this this book. <laughs> Going to be disappointed. This is uh, They're walking the senator through this program. So we've seen an example of what the, the high-end animals can do, and now we're seeing like other examples of what this mind control over animals can do. And one thing is rats assembling a jet engine in 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is how you could tell that Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley ain't from around here, because it's a senator is being shown this stuff. And you and I know that senators are just goofballs who sit behind a desk and don't do, do very much. But this guy is, like, deeply involved in some, you know, contras or something. Man, that, that makes me wonder, because that's a staple in movies, too. Oh, the I know. powerful senator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be lobbyists or something. <laughs> All right, now this is what you're going to get in that bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, passing off that controller you talked about, Ed, like the... Uh, Straight-up video game controller. <clears throat> yeah, and you're right. I remember hearing NPR stories and stuff about the same thing, the drone operators, and this was the controls. Yeah, after, after the Bradley, uh, formerly Bradley, now Chelsea Manning, uh, collateral murder drone videos that came out the stuff that got her put into uh into prison for some years uh that's when all that stuff came out and these guys who were shooting people down with drones like they were kind of laughing about it and it it felt like 
they're just playing the most high fidelity video game that you could play and it's so far away you know they're in some control room in like dc or something hanging out that's the nature of the NPR piece I remember too. It was talking about like the PTSD that would come about, but it was like a very strange disconnect. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is an artist. Uh, that's a lot of fun for an artist to come up with. But but then you come up with that, and does Frank Quitely like see that in his dreams now? Because that because that is true. very macabre. Man. It is. It is. Love seeing it like turning too. Like there it is, a static drill, and here it is in action, starting to spin. Mm -hmm. And you can see the effects of those spins, the uh, the blood coming out. Love the close up of like the guy smiling, and then juxtaposed to the uh, poor rat that we're going to do, gonna do the demo on. And it is practically a human hand that we're seeing for that rat paw. Yeah, I'm sure that's not accidental. <laughs> a lot of close ups that that quietly does. Like I always try to identify some of these stylistic artists and what their ticks are, and it feels like that kind of close up is a big tool for him. You know, even the crops of just these tight crops, not showing faces. Pretty interesting, you know, it's almost like body language is your total expression. Absolutely, cause like the, cause like the dog is looking for cues and maybe, maybe, you know, the upturned rictus mouth implies good dog, I'm good. Yeah, freaky whenever uh, the dogs start talking and more effective that we saw no words for the first half of this issue and now suddenly the dog talks it's it's a pretty good reveal for partway through the issue yeah it just it, it keeps adding layers of macabre and yeah it's uncanny valley it. within the story where like the senator's like what is this almost repulsed by it this, like this is too like you have gone too far right when, you've when crossed that, some line in your uh, scientific quest here when that dog starts talking he is like pull the plug today uh you speak of uncanny valley like the 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 dog art where there's nothing faked uh jesus like it, it's i can't imagine how tough this must have been to draw but quietly does it like second nature and not only is it well-built animals but with emotion on their faces and uh this is where jimmy rich does real well with with the color because like the red eyes and sort of the disease around them you know around their wounds and stuff over time like uh, really kind of sells us on, you know, the mange and, and you know, the stuff that these animals went through. I think the language is good, too, reading it. It's is, is good dog, good dog, but it looks like God. It totally looks like God to me, like, reading through this. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. That little bit of, like, a phonetic spelling, but I think that works well. We also see we three a couple of times throughout the story where people are standing strategically or something in a way reveals the title a couple of times. Reminded me of Watchmen where yeah. it's almost like carefully keeping the weaving that into the visuals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so we know what we three is because I guess before, like maybe it was sold sold earlier, like you saw on the floor, it says said weapon three. Mm -hmm. So you just get a suitably rotund figure. Uh, in front yeah, of exactly. that, man. And then it covers up the E-A-P-O-N. Yeah. Animal Weapon 3. Yeah, and the number's denoting different levels, too, because we're going to have a uh, a Weapon 4. Yes. Will show up. Almost like the Weapon X program, but applied to animals Absolutely. here in, in Vertigo. They, they, these are the new X-Men uh, creative team. And the cat is great. Like, he is, he is not uh, in line like a dog. This is not man's best friend, this cat. This is a predator. Yes. That... Uh, we're lucky isn't bigger or else it would be eating people. Sure, yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. Um, calls, calls to mind that one Sandman issue where the big giant cats are eating cavemen and stuff. Yeah. The, Grant Morrison, he, he's, he's able to weave personality. Like, 
cumulatively maybe these animals say a hundred words in in the entire miniseries but you understand them it, it's it's a really cool exercise to put very modest language you know how many words can a dog understand a couple of couple thousand maybe but then you realize that you only need a couple thousand like if you you, you wouldn't be considered fluent, but if you knew a thousand Japanese words, you'd be able to get by, and these animals get by, but with their limited language, you get personality out of them. And we learn here that this general is pretty much saying these animals are being decommissioned, but uh, basically that means put down. Yeah. You know, they've run a mission, we've, we've got the, uh, the, the successful test that we wanted, and now uh, moving on from them which the animal handler trainer person not happy about yes. not happy about at all and then again good example of coloring to me we're, we're transitioning we're going outside of this this room this operations area and the color clearly indicates that yeah yeah and and it's so subtle because there's even blues mm -hmm. in this panel that correspond with this so you never lose your sense of place uh it's just there, there is like a like there's a different kind of there's a weird coloring thing that's super airbrushy at times yeah and you can see it in these whenever it goes to gray for some reason it really shows up there was some in that opening uh sequence and now there's some on this face there'll be more throughout the series it's a very kind of odd effect and i wasn't sure what they're going for but uh note on this dialogue put them out of their misery feels like a uh, a common thing uh when it comes to animal right. euthanasia yeah you know, common phrase a killing what kind of lunatic would teach a killing machine to talk <laughs> like that comparison you know the machine animal comparison yeah and now this is a sequence when we talked to uh quietly that he talked about like, yeah of creating all these little pieces keeping them in a matchbox or something or a card box or something like that and trying to like basically driving himself crazy trying to figure out like what arrangement to show these security footage in and, and i i have to i need a hypnotherapist to read it yeah, this is, this is one of those examples of the wild storytelling that I mentioned. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings, the second season of Red Room, all self-contained stories, issues one to four, now available in comic shops everywhere. Red Room, the anti-social network, the trade paperback collection of the first season of Red Room, now available in comic shops everywhere. Minus 28 countries where it's banned and 10 comic shops, but you can still request it there. And coming in September, the collection, the trade paperback of Red Room Trigger Warnings will be in stores in September. You can pre-order that now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy your books. Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness in comic shops everywhere. The 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I am writing, drawing lettering, coloring, the Grand Design treatment, retelling that 60-year history, and you can now pre-order the Hulk Grand Design oversized treasury collection, uh, about 40 extra pages in that. It'll be in stores before Christmas, but you can pre-order it now in your comic shops or in your bookstores wherever you're, you buy comics. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. I don't know you follow what color. Grant Morrison does. Yeah. yeah, the color part is something we saw in Pax Americana whenever they do. There's a sequence in Pax Americana that's kind of similar, but it feels like this is really trying something. Uh -huh. Like explaining maybe what we want to show, security sequence of this animal handler, letting the animals loose and what happens, how they escape, and then let Quietly do his thing. And it, it's cool, man. It's, it's really fascinating to go through this sequence trying to follow like these various 
threads of characters as they're moving through this complex. Yes, and it's all, uh, you know, for the listener at home, it's all, it's all security camera footage. So it's from quite a distance for the most part, uh, except when you get these great close-ups. Yeah. Look at that. That is a cat biding his time, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's a cat free. <laughs> this is a cat biting his captor. Is that a cat? Is it, or is it a dog mouth, man? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Looks like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It looks, looks like a smaller wolfing. mouth to me, but maybe. It's not the rabbit. I no. think we can agree on that. <laughs> yeah, these little tiny figures. It's, it's just a great sequence. Like, cutting between the super close-ups, it's pretty wild. And I mean, what is this? Six pages in now of this sequence? It's a huge centerpiece of the issue. And again, use your double page spread to maximum effect, right? The yeah. animals have, have broken free. And it's really your first shot of them in all their mechanical glory. You can see the little details in the feet. Yeah. As opposed to the cat claws and the big oafish uh, treads of, of the pup. This feels very manga anime to me too like the uh the big shapes of the mech absolutely not man. loading that up with wires or circuitry but rather just like almost the shield that goes on top yeah yeah that's 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 what makes me think of um of uh masamuni shiro mm -hmm. it was was real good with that creating that sort of stuff but uh i wonder if it was a challenge trying to figure out the color of like how like how to color these big open shapes because once again it is that it is just that black you know it's that black that fades into the color and I just know there's another way I don't mind this spread there's definitely some dark sequences and this spread is dark but I don't mind it that much I like that the sky at least has color in it yeah 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 I mean you have to do that if you're gonna put black on your on your mechs <laughs> you don't have to do anything in comics <laughs> don't take that for granted when someone makes a decent choice and again the aftermath here and you get one final nice application of that uh that security cam footage is a background as this guy's trying to piece together one exactly what happened and then two what's going to happen next like yeah. how do we button this up someone's in trouble but it's like it, it, I, I get you know like you said morrison animal lover but there is a bit you could almost read it as parody or something of like a PETA member who would you know, allow this animal to run free, fuck the humans around it. You know what I'm saying? Because that's clearly, I mean, that is what this is, whether Morrison intended that or not. Uh, but the way they're dressing her down, you know, it's it's almost like you, you've been bad and, you know, you're not, you better turn in your card. But it's like this chick has a body count now because yes. of what she did. It's not about losing your job. It's about like you have to go to jail for life plus 100 years now. Yeah, and also it's top secret military stuff, so you're not just going to jail, you're like you're going underground. <laughs> exactly. The lighting in this is very strange to me, this particular panel. You see that airbrushing effect again, super soft edges. I just don't know what we're going for there. Yeah. Because like, in, in an interrogation setting, I would picture like that yellow light, you know, the, 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 the one bulb in the middle that's shining on the person that's being accused or questioned. Here it's like kind of fluorescent but it's not well lit because you have all of these strange shadows yeah it's peculiar i don't understand it yeah a lot of the color i really think that rich is trying to do a digital version of what quietly can do for himself 
but it's just it's limited tools man so cut back to uh now the animals are on their loose and what do we do enhanced hunting abilities <laughs> so our cat is not going to go hungry that's for sure and they're trying to figure out exactly like where do we go what's the plan and the dog's talking about home the rest of the animals i'm not sure they uh they follow that but <laughs> the little rabbit is just uh he's alone for the ride man yeah that's right which is pretty good i think personality wise again i don't know that rabbits if you're going to rank these animals in intelligence yeah i think the rabbit is probably the third sure i, I assume never hear people talk about how smart rabbits are flight of the valkyries i think they're known for something else yeah cue the music right yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're known for two other things, man. We're going to see at least one of them when when the rabbit has his death blow. I, I like this ending. Your cliffhanger ending is animals versus these uh, Apache warships. Good setup, right? Like this is this is your superhero comic updated to sci-fi animal war comic, and that's a showdown, man. Next issue, what's going to happen? We, we can see exactly what's going to happen. Let's see the weapon capabilities of these animals. We three no home now. All right. Good first issue. Oh, yeah. We, we often look at first issues in a critical way, but I feel like that first issue did a lot. It introduced stuff. It set stuff up for the next issue. It was very, very rich with such economy. Once again, not so much verbosity. It's true. Uh, just very deliberate. So not one wasted moment uh, to drive the story along. Extremely tight. Yeah, it really showed the... You always need like that first issue issue to show your powers, right? Right. They do it really well. Like I, I feel like that's a great demonstration of what those animals are, what they can do. It's and, still mysterious. Uh, get, it, get it running. Yeah, I mean, like you, you don't exactly know. You, you see some aftermaths and stuff. Speaking of what rabbits are known for, here we see a, uh, a healthy population. <laughs> some fun visual effects as we blur the further helicopters and foreground some of these animals running away yeah yeah you, and you could see the pencil lines just kind of expanding from the blurs yeah extreme foreground and background being blurred and also the uh bloody effects that we saw on people on that two-page spread in the first issue now it's being applied to the animals there's this one rabbit that's on the same plane as our guys grant morrison getting his uh animal love in here <laughs> but look it's a lucky rabbit's paw that that actually uh it is a sort of motif as uh, some soldiers die and stuff, you're like you'll see a little rabbit's paw flying in the air, and it's like, yeah, I guess you ain't that lucky. Man, can you imagine drawing these things from different angles and like make them dynamic, make them run, Yo, put I them know. in motion? Yeah, I mean, th this whole thing is too big of an ask. Like, you can't have just anybody do it. You got to have somebody who is willing to draw dogs and these animals and really think these kind of costumes through more of just dressing her down you've been a bad girl yeah and this guy trying to communicate like these aren't just animals like you're you're they're extremely dangerous and nobody understands it and one p point of like uh how they're still connected the uh the trainer and this i guess scientist in that they both seem in awe of the animals that they've made and what those animals are capable of and the men hunting them down just don't understand that and here we go you know what they talk about i think it is in this sequence they're much faster than any human they experience time and motion differently yes. to me that's the note that's the grant morrison piece where it was like what can i do with quietly that's the answer and here's where you start to see that kind of thing explored yes like uh, like i feel like 
the note is to challenge quietly to figure out what does dog time and cat time look like. Yes. And and what where do they place their value as they operate throughout the world? Yeah, and and how and comics are such a good place to represent that because you couldn't concurrently show this in say a movie adaptation. No. But you can in a comic. There's your rabbit's yeah, foot. Yeah, see by that. In <laughs> <And> a molar. <laughs> Just an errant boot. Yeah. How about that injury to the eye motif? Man, Jack Cool would be mm. proud. Yeah, even a directional device going straight to it. The breakup of the face, like, uh, you know, where you get a couple of eye, eyes, a nose, mouth close up, it's almost a face, but just in pieces shredded. Yeah, he he per perfected this on that one Flex Mentallo cover, I think it yeah. was. Or at least some images inside the, the, the issue. It makes me think, is that where Grant Morrison starts thinking about these kind of ideas? Like, how do we play this effect up? How does that work in a comic to uh, some kind of narrative purpose? Yeah, like I said, like, like I don't know that Morrison... You know, where's the script? Like, I like I don't know who wrote that. Frank Quitely, like, I think he literally did, like, TED Talks showing some of this stuff off. And, and he was talking about trying to figure out what what dog time is. And certainly one of the most uh, memorable sequences from his bibliography is in this issue. For sure. And uh, you see the scientists, wives and families. I, I, I tried to warn you. It's it's pretty good, like cross cutting between the action and the scientist commentary on it, and it's and it's the um like the scientist with the chick, like she's an extremist, you know, she like she let these animals run free without thinking about the human implications, and the guy, he's he created the animals and he has a respect for them, but like he still has a foot in the the human cost of the stuff, the human cost. Our, yeah. our head decapitated in oh, the helmet. Yeah. And it reminds me again of Weapon X, where it's like every now and then Weapon X would end up getting hold of a few people in the lab. It seemed like the, the top level didn't object to that. It was, if, a it was like real field action. Look at the rat with the wrench head. <laughs> or I mean the pliers head. That's amazing looking. Yeah, it's very freaky. And here's like, this is like one of the examples in the Frank Whiteley TED Talks about trying to capture cat time. Yeah, a spectacular two-page spread too. Just all of it. Obviously, this is your sexy cat time piece. Um, reminiscent of like iTunes had this set up briefly. Right, yeah, you remember yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Probably around a similar time, um, but really effective, I think, of the cat moving like through the panels, almost outside of the, uh, you know, if you think of these as being a split part of a second and the cat moving like even between those splits, really awesome. Even thinking of like traditional comic book page layout where like, oh, you might break a panel board or have a fist or a foot or something, like, uh, something flying out of it. In a way, that's what this is. It's just updated very much to a 21st century comic artist. This, yeah, this cat is moving through the gutters. And, yeah. and in my own experience, when, when my little cat accidentally got a plastic shopping bag around its neck and was running around the house like it was a Superman cape, <laughs> uh, it was a blur. Yes, my, my cat does that frequently. <laughs> uh, but I love this breakdown here, too, you know, where, like, we have trees and stuff creating our panel Frames. borders. Like, it's just a very pretty page. Yeah. Yeah, it's a money page, man. And I'll give Rich's uh, due again. I like the red through the middle of that page is like a through line piece. The, the cat entrance yeah. from stage left is also not to be diminished. No, it's very choreographed the way the cat actually moves if you just follow the cat's action. 
It's a very uh, believable piece. What in hell happened down there? Yeah, that's exactly right. And firing off like one of his claws through the uh, helicopter pilot's head. Yeah, because they're flying close to the sun with wings of wax, man. Good thing we're up here. <laughs> Thunk, famous last words. So, new plan. We're going to bring our animal trainer back in. She's going to have to talk these animals into uh, some, somewhere that they can be taken out. This feels like Stand By Me, like a reference to the movie Stand By Me. Animals are crossing a uh, train tracks on a bridge. And what happens? The rats are loosed. Yeah. Another one of these like nice silhouette and foreground pages. There was a dog versus cat moment, which if you have dogs and cats, like they will get into their like little scrap. I think I think it was maybe the what was it? Ah, right. But then, you know, they come to their understanding as your pet dog and cat will. Yeah, it's a pretty fun moment. And it's the rabbit playing peacekeeper. Got your drill head rats and stuff. The rats this way are so effective. Like mm -hmm. the tails are almost tentacles. No, totally, man. And having that steep foreground, uh, it's it says so much with with so little in a way. Mm-hmm. Rats, maybe a little double meaning there. Putrid sky, right? Like it's just that faded bunch of trees and and wilderness behind them. I really like this piece. Yeah, it's really good. This is this is pretty good too. I think the rats have overtaken the cat to the point of the cat just screaming there. But what a nightmare for a cat! Oh yeah, yeah, being yeah. run down by a pack of uh, killer killer rats. <laughs> Look at those flesh-colored tails, Jimmy. So disgusting. And how do we make this even worse? They're on train tracks. Yeah. Chekhov's train train tracks. Also, Chekhov's back of rabbit with <laughs> with sphincter hole like that. That will be a storytelling point in a little bit. Love their bloody mouths. There's a rat completely in that dog's mouth. Totally. Speaking of their flesh-colored tail, that's all that's hanging out. It's so disgusting. It's great even the rats turn and run. As they do, right? Makes sense. They're about to sink and ship. They blow up the bridge as their solution, and you can see the train just crashing as a result of that. But uh, it does preserve them at least for a, a few brief seconds before they fall into the water. This is one of those hardcore scenes that, that also has just the greatest visual storytelling. You could fuck this up real easy, but it's clearly uh, the work of very, very thoughtful creators who had a very specific moment and idea in mind as the pup pulls one of the civilians from the train to shore while he's saying, you know, good dog question, you know, help man, pulls the dude in, you could keep, keep rocking. I feel like the cat's um, a little skeptical, like, good dog. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, look at that bridge. Look what you've just done. <laughs> and the, the uh, cat is seeing what is off panel also, which, which is this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice reveal. Yeah, the dog tried. Did his best. Again, great coloring, and now we've shifted our setting to nighttime. You think that's a photo? Hmm. It does kind of look like it. Yeah. Maybe. It's like a panorama of L.A.'s at night or something. This is one of those things whenever you're learning to draw stuff that you kind of figure out like, oh yeah, the, the city at night is just almost abstract. It's Jackson Pollock. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, but like, there is a organization to the chaos, and like some of the best examples, like really, it's it's Otomo in Volume One of Akira, where it is pure black with with just white out on the page, but there's grid patterns, mm -hmm. and there are certain pieces of white that are clearly like street lights as opposed to building lights. Um, there, if you do it right, it's very noticeable. Man, I mentioned Darrow earlier. These remind me again of the silhouettes that you see yeah. in the in Shaolin Cowboy inside covers. They look really cool. So yeah, my, has my to do with the damage there. Need to touch that up with Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> and they encounter a hunter, coon hunter, hunter out at night. I assume oh, yeah. that's what he's what he's doing. Not sure, but uh, encounter this hunter, and of course things go strange if you were out hunting at night and saw this thing walk up to you it's gonna be a pretty uh pretty strange evening yeah and the funny thing is like uh hunters are the ones that see all that wild shit and nobody believes them yeah hunters always see aliens man and the rabbit takes one right in the head it's a pretty graphic image yeah cat mid-motion full wolverine yeah you see the spurts of of the the glancing blow it's a heck of a spread once again i wonder how this lines up in the trade paperback if, if all of this stuff is more or less accurate you would hope. It, it feels like this is such an effective spread and seeing the rabbit on its side that's another one of those like how do you draw this in different angles that feels so good like off balance something's wrong yeah and you know like what is that even a shape of like, i know for that yeah. to communicate like something's wrong here it's not functioning right and, and to be kind of emotional, that's incredible. That poor rabbit. <laughs> yeah. He got touched. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna communicate very well with that rabbit. You could almost like with the lettering, you could almost imagine like snap some crackles. Like yeah, old walkie-talkie. Todd Klein, I think, on the lettering, by the way. Figuring out some kind of expression there. And again, we go back to that low angle with the shoes. There's the weapon, hunter's pup. Animal Weapon 4. No, it's it's the food for uh, oh, right. yeah, Animal yeah, Weapon yeah. 4. They're like pitchforking this uh, quarters of a pig, including <laughs> the pig's head, in to feed this thing. Yeah. That's a great intro, man. You're going you're gonna to see like, okay, let's bring out Weapon 4 to solve this problem. On a forklift in like a concrete and steel enclosure. And they're not revealing it yet. Like, come on, I'm turning the page. Let's see this thing. Let's see this build up. And there it is. Is that a Rottweiler? Yeah, I don't know. That's a giant armor, whatever that is. Yeah, it's it's a gorilla kind of armor. Yeah, like, that's what like the body looks shape. like. Totally. It's so, it's it's so effective again by putting it at the end of issue two. You know, you hear reference of it earlier in the story. Then you start to see the cage, and now finally, when it's revealed, that gorilla shape. Knowing what we know about the other animals, amazing. You know, my favorite stuff whenever uh, you draw. Very dark, though. You mentioned Extremely dark, and dark. that's a really dark image. Extremely dark, and you could communicate dark without like layering the two the two darks like that on top of exactly. one another. Exactly. You could make that cage a little bit lighter. But also, um, one, one of my favorite things in just like pen and ink drawing, when you're behind jail bars or even Venetian blinds or window frames, is like when you get the contoured um, shape yeah. of the shadow of the bars like that is a missed opportunity so it's now just uh, panel borders rather than 
you know, like the, the bars are not interacting with the image at all. And like, that's the greatest time to make that happen. I'm with you. That's a crazy image. All right, short and sweet, here we are. Issue three, our rabbit gets uh, spotlighted on the cover, pulling those heart, heart strings. <laughs> and uh, there's a bum in the train yard here, homeless guy, hobo, maybe looking to hop on the rails, and he encounters the animals. <laughs> that rabbit, man. Yeah, it's sad. And they could Is tell- Is missing an ear? Yeah, Is that yeah. part of the damage? Dude, he got his cap peeled, man. Like, it's really just the mechanics are keeping that thing going. It ain't the motor skills of its little pea brain. No, that rabbit's uh, expired, I think. But the guy's friendly to these animals and kind of freaked out by them and gives them some food. So a little bit of kindness extended to them. Yes, which goes a long way. I.e. keeps them alive. They also talk throughout this about how the animals need need their medicine yeah. or they'll die so you know like you're seeing the cat here not not looking too good none of them are looking too good our dogs even you know they're they're all sort of sick mm -hmm. as they're uh running out of their government care yeah imagine it's almost like um like uh like implant patients or organ transplant patients that gotta take those anti-rejection drugs like the like the rest of their lives mm -hmm. like uh, these animals certainly have implants and things and the military's trying to figure out if this guy knows where these animals are and what he can do for it. And I wonder, this is another one of those like animal time moments. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is. If it's one of the cat and dog that we've been following it, or if it's uh, Weapon 4. Right. Because you see Weapon 4's cage is now open. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this homeless guy, he is like your quintessential fucking nutbag uh, conspiracy theorist, like hippie dude. Yeah, calls them fascist pig assholes, and I feel like that pig is no accident on the part, again, of Grant Morrison and the animal nature of the story. <laughs> Gotta work that in here. And Weapon 4 engaged, back to our controller. And even the red lighting to show the, uh, the scientist's lab. These animals are trying to figure out what to do, and our rabbit wanders off and is the first uh, to confront Weapon 4. Well, I think this is your uh, chance to talk about the, the the brownness, man, but I guess we'll just let it lie. No, we can mention it. You're <laughs> right. It is. It's, it, it's just a tough thing, you know? Stuff isn't brown like that. And if your characters are brown and we've established they're kind of brown, I don't know, find a way to put some color in there, you know? Spruce up your graffiti or something on the on the pieces around them. Like you watch stuff and you and you start to by issue three you're getting a sense of the anatomy of these like little things, and then you can't help but think that that's a sphincter, and it kind of is. Yeah, it looks like a place that's disposing waste. I don't think that's a, like a jet burner or something. So well, I mean, we will see what it is in a couple of pages. The other two animals join in. They they realize like uh, there's a problem here and try to try to help out their poor rabbit friend way too late yeah this is a great drawing too because of the low angle where like anytime we see this dog it's so big like the head's always at the top it's always filling the page same in, in issue two whenever we saw it when it was introduced it had that same kind of scale built in can even you, bigger here can you imagine how hard it must be to just draw these perfectly rounded kind of contoured shapes to go along with the with the form of that armor uh it's not wobbly at all like you could screw up the perspective on that so easily 
plus the fact that Quietly isn't gussing it up and hiding anything. It's 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 clear line style. Wonder if those are if that's done with French curves. I was wondering, you know, because it is so so perfect. Yeah. I'm sure there's a blue line underneath mm -hmm. to like really try to figure out exactly, you know, put a million lines down and, and try to choose the exact right one with, with your pencil. This is another nice spread moment where our, our dog hero is basically staring right into the eyes of Weapon 4. Yeah, so here's your bitten rabbit. There's a sphincter that we were talking about. So like as a death blow... Out drops a mine. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> pellet, man. One of the things that rabbits are known for. And then uh, the rabbit is like, uh, like, like it just, dude. It's like, you know, you like you release your your contents uh, upon exp expiration, but the rabbit has at least enough sense to be like, uh oh, yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> the whole sequence is great. And this gets called back with the dog in, in his own fashion in a in a little bit. Yeah, it is super gray. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense or not. You know, barrels could be lighter. Yeah. You see those barrels sometimes are painted brighter. It, that's the thing. It's one hue. It makes the it makes the dialogue bubbles like stand out a whole lot. But that's the only thing. If you're far away, like you're not identifying anything. Like this character is not popping in any any way, shape, or form. You know, we criticize some of that stuff, and and this might have been the same colorist who did the flex metallo trade paperback, and and Frank was flat out like, well, that's what I wanted. Fuck, yeah. fuck you guys, that's what I wanted. So, you know, maybe this is what he wants. But, I mean, it matches the background. Yeah, I look at it on the monitor and it's, it's, it is, it is a strange, like, gray-brown. With the foreground and background. Maybe it's just uh, the mood of the story at this point, right? <laughs> like, this is not a happy, happy issue. Right. <laughs> Yeah, she she finally reconnects. The trainer finally reconnects with the dog, probably the animal she's closest to, right? The smartest animal that that she worked with, and then uh, pretty much takes the bullet for it. You know, she, tells the dog to run whenever she, the predator three dots show up. She doesn't sell him out, man. He's drawing every blood blood droplet. Gives him his name. You are bandit. That's um. I don't know the significance there. It's interesting. You Almost know, it's like it brings the dog to life or something. Exactly. Like, I wonder if, like, in her own training, if she added a couple of commands that were special to her. Like, maybe she was planning this moment for the entire tenure of, of training these animals, and that's, like, the secret command that, like, you got to bounce. I wonder how many people that do, like, animal testing stuff are led into that field based on, I love animals and want to work with animals, and somehow you know, a tough turn here or there, and you're you're now in a lab where, where animals are really, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, for the good of humanity, but the actual, like, testing Jimmy, would be just brutal. Jimmy, I, I, I knew somebody who's a neuro, neuroscientist who worked with brains and had to work with, with rats, and when I heard some of the stuff that, that was done, yeah. it actually made me not want to hang out with them. You know, like, it, it, like certainly if it's a, if it's a, you know, if it's, well, I'll just the greater good, right? <laughs> the the brain drops on her eyeball, like mm -hmm. she is done. It's over. That's a re that's a real good expression for a dead character. Yeah, yeah. And there's ha no pupil the rain, in there. Right, having mm -hmm. the raindrop hit and no reaction. I think it's noteworthy too. The scientist is like suddenly seems to be affected. Yes, because there's been a lot of death, but now his assistant person is is gone, and it seems like. 
that's the strongest human reaction we've seen out of him. And we see Bandit is now a changed animal. And look, maybe this is why you do gray in, in middle tones, because whenever the dog comes alive, it, it does feel like things are more, I don't know, intense than, than what we've seen so far, a new version of uh, Bandit. Oh, no. That dog's still amazing, and it's still that effect of like drawing it big and from a low angle. Yeah, and and there's a curve. Yeah. On top of this uh, trailer, to let you know, and and it feels like the wrinkles in it are totally right. The physics of it. Call back to some of that dog time, animal time. Yeah, it's so rad. It's it's like. It's like the most important part of, of this comic are those moments, most memorable. <laughs> you have the people too, like, all right, where's the last of them? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Homage to Dark Knight Returns, right? <laughs> I mean, right? A hundred percent. Sure. Those guys know what they're doing. Like, like clearly that's... Uh, one of the most famous comic book covers of all time. You don't accidentally do that. These raindrops suck real bad to me, though. Real boring. Not the best. Not the best. Rain has been portrayed so well throughout comics history, and that is uh, not the most exciting. It's all left up to the colorist, and it just doesn't... It's too linear. You know, like, it's... It's it's that thing that, like, lacks the chaos... Mm -hmm. You know, there's no wind blowing. It's all just dripping. Yeah, it makes me wonder, because that lightning bolt looks like that's a colorist note. Yeah. Do you think something like that gets added after you draw, after you turn this in, the line drawing, and you're looking at it, maybe even looking at the first pass on color, and it's like, you know what would really put some lightning behind there? <laughs> Gives you that excuse to have that great lighting on the face. See, that's, that's the other, like, the, that lighting is great. You know, yeah. So so it's it's a push pull with the color. Do you realize like because this is drawn in that clear line style, all that lighting and like volume that's all for the colors. Exactly. Maybe there's notes from from Quietly or Grant Morrison, but it is a lot of lifting for the colorist. Yeah, I mean that's why you got to show up, and that's why we can talk about it and and have you know our pros and cons to it. Love this piece too. Yeah. This is another one of those, it's a variation of what we saw in issue two with like the, the iTunes style timing, but a pretty cool like piece for panels for again, for page layout. Yeah, kind of a cutaway. Mm -hmm. Shots to Dan, Dan's Outwalk. Yeah. And even transitioning your, your panel shapes into the next page is they're like through the wall and now falling into the public and into traffic. And there's another good physics look at like something super heavy that the car hits and they're not moving. It's the car that's just going to flip, flip over. It. Yeah. Like a lot of like these, hitting a boulder. Yeah. A lot of these moments, uh, make me think of the visual vocabulary that the Wachowskis brought to film. Mm -hmm. I mean, we started with bullet time stuff when issue one, uh, and there is the, like the, the famous sequence where the car gets flipped over on, you know, the, the, that big, um, you know, that main Los Angeles freeway, whatever it is, the 405 or whatever. Uh, that's, that's almost like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the first time I've seen it, but I do think it, it communicates like a weight yeah. and, a, uh, and a mass there. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like this, there's parts of this that really feel like a product of 
its time um, with a lot of pop culture stuff that was happening. The coloring on this with that like thick ketchupy blood is very uh, Wrightson-ish with some of his approach, like in um, like his werewolf uh, paintings and stuff. It's very soupy. I like that choice for our Weapon 4 yeah. version of a language. Says everything, dude. He's done. I wonder again, Todd Klein, Master Letter, how much direction is he given? You know, what is the description for what this dog is saying yeah. in this panel? And how about uh, our, our good dog, our, our bandit, actually saves that, that policeman? <laughs> Classic. Classic scanners kind of thing. <laughs> Call in the command, we can't have Weapon 4 loose. <laughs> Detonate his head. Pop. Damn thing almost ate a police officer. <laughs> and our, two of our three, and we three, have, have escaped. So you see people continuing to, uh, to hunt them down. But now they're underground, come out of this storm drain somewhere. And again, do you do gray and rain to have this be effective? Right. Because this is pretty great. Like, that seems like a total... Tone shift. Look at her guys, man. Yeah, they Those red eyes. Good. Just droopy face, drooling, mangy, matted. And it doesn't last for long, right? Like, there's a, a minute of them in this nice blue sky and actual birds behind them before the uh, helicopters show up. And they knew they were the, the birds were coming because they did hear Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their acute hearing sense. Good use of space. This follows. Easy to uh, to actually see where they're going. And this is what's left behind, right? Your uh, your dog's back back piece. <laughs> <laughs> Big tube laying cables. Man, the storytelling's so sound. Like whenever they detonate that canister to basically you know seal off their their exit, you see like the half constructed house blowing up. You know, it's established. Like, we, we it see is. it. It feels like um, stuff I would hear John Byrne talk about Jim Shooter yeah. describing, like, you know, a hero punches the wall, and in the next issue, the wall's being repaired. It feels like that. Like, like you can go back several pages and watch this building and, and understand it, and this makes sense. Yes, it does. But it also, um, you got to commend Quietly's, for all of the visual hyperbole we've seen, you have to commend his restraint because this could have been, you know, there's the Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee explosions. This could have been, this could have been. You That's know, hilarious you to know, think you, of. It would have you felt know what weird. I'm yeah, absolutely. But just having that little piece blow up, some smoke coming up from the top, there's a restraint there because that's not the, that's not where your mind goes to, to begin when it's like, oh man, I'm going to get to draw a big explosion. It's like, it's not a big explosion. It's enough. And these are like the most brutal pieces of, of like, the whole comic when it comes to, to the animal stuff to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough stuff. Seeing their shaved flesh and like little shit inside them. It's brutal. Tough. Yeah, they look rough. Um, again, Weapon X comes to mind. Yeah. All the probes sticking out of uh, Weapon X and Barry Windsor Smith's art. Uh, very accurate. Love the cat bringing the, uh, the mouse back. Just had a, <laughs> a message exchange <laughs> with somebody um, with, a, with a comic book artist yesterday about their cat bringing them the mice and having to try to get to the mouse before the cat actually <laughs> finished it off. <laughs> it's a sweet moment. And 
we're gonna find out like who's this last is this a military guy here these boots in the foreground we're gonna find out in a little bit yeah returning to this device there are bits of watchmen in this story sure it, it's pretty tight the way it's plotted and uh shown you know, it even feels like you would have this kind of character in Watchmen yeah, walking around. Yeah, no doubt, man. him around you know, through this process. psychologist or something. And here we go, right? Yes. Maybe it is a happier comic than I, uh, than I let on. <laughs> and the scientist knows, right? Like, is this tears in his eyes or is that a shine? Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to that. I know I didn't even notice that that uh, that little bit of water in his eye. But he has to know, right? I mean, why look, is he giving him several hundred dollars if he doesn't know? And like, look at their fucking shaved heads and all that stuff. He knows. Kind of a nice ending. Yeah. Probably a happier ending than anybody would have expected up until the last uh, four pages. You get two of the three. Yeah. And meatloaf taught us. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> it ain't bad. This is an amazing comic, right? I can't think of a better comic that, that to to come out in two thousand four. Yeah, I, I can remember talking to different people about it, like some alternative cartoonists, and, and them being a little bit dumbstruck by like it's sort of stupid, and I get it, but also. It's it's a great example of what comics can be. Yeah. Like you think of how many comics like pull out the other top 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 you know the nine out of the top ten comics from that year and put them next to it, and I bet you those nine look real similar. And this is probably your your outlier. Yeah. From that group, and it's a shame that like I don't know that this doesn't represent thirty percent of comics. And I don't mean I want a bunch of animal comics. Yeah. But I'm just saying like when you look at like a marvel dc output especially from that time period it's very narrow what you're getting it is uh somebody when we were looking at the jim lee card somebody posted a comment that that i thought was a very sound comment about about jim lee's work and uh they said something that like there are two things holding jim lee back lack of curiosity and mm. in in terms of pushing pushing the artwork and his anchor basically is it was was the conceit and uh what what we have here here go ahead. I was gonna say I like the idea that something's holding Jim Lee back. Probably the most successful Marvel DC artist uh, of all time. You, you, <laughs> I'm with you. I know what you're success saying. And Artistically, then there's like, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what we have here is Grant Morrison. He built equity and trust with DC Comics over at this point almost 20 years, 15, tw almost 20 years. And uh, when you build that level of equity you can you could float an idea that i mean you or i would have had to fully have drawn this comic for that to make sense to they would not buy it right they would not buy it from just any old writer or or team or whatever so these guys uh built their names they built their quote-unquote brands and then they put together a miniseries there's there's reserve in the mini. It's three issues. You know what I mean. This represented maybe you know a, a smaller footprint of time uh, for th their workload. They didn't know what was going to happen with this. It could have fully failed, but they took ch the chance and they took it seriously. Quietly took this very very seriously, man. And there's not like you have your like little moments with the rabbit pellet or whatever, uh, but they took it so seriously. And that's what makes it stand the test of time. That's what makes it a respectable 
piece of work. Uh, I think it would be really hard to restrain yourself and take it seriously. Like, like I know that like I'm just too immature to like it would have been I would have been having more fun than I should have. This, this is, uh, you know, like you think in wrestling terms, and this is like giving The Undertaker that gimmick. Most people are going to look at that gimmick and think, you want me to play a dead guy? Like, right. what's this thing? Took it totally serious, you know, never never winked at the camera or anything, and, and becomes one of the biggest characters in wrestling history as a result. Uh, I think you do see that. I think that's a good point on, on describing Quietly as taking this stuff really seriously and going for it. It also, we talk a lot about different cartoonists, and Jim Lee's a good contrast here, once again. These, these guys who seem to be 20, 30 years in and like their next thing is even better where it's like, how do they keep growing, changing, you know, pushing themselves further? Uh, and I feel like Quitely's on that list. Yes. You know, like when something new's coming out, it's exciting because like he seems to keep adding to his game. Yes. Um, bas the great athletes do this. Like in the off season, it's like they add a new move to their skill set you know they develop that so each season they get better because they have a new thing and i think you see it with quietly kind of big time in this in this series like to me this feels like you take a, an artist that's really good you challenge them in a way that very few artists could rise to this and then what comes out is even better like how much better is quietly after this you know you look at his body of work and you can almost see like this was a jump yeah this is this is mike mignola going into hellboy where it's like you do a little bit of a lateral move and suddenly like you've leveled up i think you see it here like this is the demonstration of quietly like really taking a massive step up i'm trying to think too like when we would first start to see him actually like i'm looking at these covers and and we read this as like frank quietly color illustration is this one of the first pieces we've seen because there were definitely posters for there was like that endless book that, yeah that's the one i was thinking of yeah and, and there was like the poster where he painted the seven endless yeah he did a lot of cover art too and i wonder if some of those covers if he was experimenting and coloring himself in some of his color work i wonder who did the lettering on these to me that's a nice design element and the last piece i think i have is karen berger is your editor here uh pretty noteworthy you know biggest editor at, at uh, vertigo and hands-on you know being credited as editor for this book so it's it's an a-list you know everybody going for it and yeah, i think that includes the uh you know vertigo sure sure like so maybe sort of the last hurrah really there isn't that much more vertigo stuff that's incredibly noteworthy to come after this yeah good to go yeah okay favors Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is the last uh, Saturday in July. We're filling up those free lending libraries in our neighborhoods with uh, comics that we have, our comp copies, and doubles, and we encourage you to do the same. Like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what do you have out there, man? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness are in comic book shops now while supplies last, but also you can now pre-order in your comic shop Hulk Grand Design, the treasury-sized collection that'll be coming out in time for Christmas this year, but I, I see it on Previews World, so it is available now. Start telling your local shop you want that. I just got approval on my files, so nice. uh, it's the best book that I've made up to this point. I am super psyched for everybody to see that. There's some really cool extras in that book, so pick that up now and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. 2021, I put out uh, Red Room, the Antisocial Network. You could get that trade paperback in stores today. 
Uh, right now, I'm promoting uh, Red Room Trigger Warnings, the trade paperback collection of uh, the 2022 season of Red Room Comics. It's going to be in stores in September. Make sure you order those, uh, those comics and uh, get that comic to fly off the racks. But if you see a single issue, scoop it up, give it a try. It's a complete experience. Uh, the comic is banned in more than 28 countries. The comic is banned in more than 10 comic shops. Uh, so you might need to hit up my link tree in the description below this video to order and pre-order current and future Red Room comics. Or you can just go to the uh, Patreon, plop down three bucks, get the archive, and uh, read the comics online today. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. And there's a new piece of merchandise coming soon that I am super psyched to get out into the hands of the uh, Kayfabe audience. More yeah. details coming soon. Even I don't know what that is, man. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.